Scrunchies released their debut album, Stunner, in June 2018, it seemed like this supergroup of Minneapolis musicians just dropped from the sky. And that's because they didn't tell anyone about the band until after they had recorded an entire album, made a music video, and booked their first show. I'm Colleen Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. For this episode, I met up with Laura Larson and Danielle Cusack, two of Scrunchie's founding members. The band has undergone some lineup changes over the past year, and its members have played in an impressive number of other local bands. Just Danielle and Laura have played in Kitten Forever, Baby Guts, Tony Pichka, and Bruce Violet, to name a few. We talked about how Scrunchies kept their debut album Stunner under wraps, creating conversational and dynamic instrumentals, and writing new songs for their second album. Keep listening to hear the full conversation. So I am sitting in IPR studio with Laura Larson and Danielle Cusack from the band Scrunchies. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Do you want to start by maybe introducing yourselves? You can just say your name, what you play in Scrunchies. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, my name is Laura Larson and in Scrunchies I play guitar and I sing. I'm Danielle. I play drums and I sing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And missing today from our little podcast circle is um, our current bass player who is uh, sitting in with us, Matt Caster. And he just joined really recently and it's been really fun playing with him. So we haven't even played a show with him yet, but so far practicing has been great. That's awesome. That's (laughs) exciting. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks for joining me. I'm excited to, to chat a little bit about scrunchies. I would love to hear more about how Scrunchies started. I've heard a little bit, but if you wanted to give me like a brief origin story of the band. Yeah. Well, um, I used to play in um, a few bands when I was younger where I played guitar and I sang and I was the primary songwriter and... um, it was just something that like when I first started playing music, that's like the thing I did. It was uh, this band Baby Guts. And then after that, this band called Cadet. And after Cadet broke up, I went quite a few years just playing in my other band, Kitten Forever. And um, I loved it, but it was it was missing the the component of being in a band that I really love, which is, you know, playing guitar and being a front person and just like really letting loose in that like kind of grunge punk sort of way. Um, And so I was really missing doing that. And so uh, I put a post up on Twitter that was kind of half joking, but actually completely serious where I was like, does anyone want to start a band where I don't have to do any of the hard work, like buying a car and like, what else did I say? And then and, uh, and you, you said where I could play guitar and not, yeah, not do any of the hard stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, well, whatever. So I made this like really vague Twitter post and then Danielle was like, oh, I'll, I'll do this. Yeah, and I was I'm like, like, okay. <laughs> Hang on, are you serious? Like, I would absolutely love to because Danielle and I had played in a Buzzcocks cover band for Halloween a couple of years prior, or maybe the year prior. It was actually right before that. Oh, well, geez. Yeah. my timeline <laughs> yeah no it was like we played in that cover band and then I think immediately after it was done you yeah. said that because I we played were... guitar in that band and I was like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> I miss this so much so um yeah so Danielle and I started talking we started brainstorming other people that could be in the band um at the time we got Stephanie Joe Mark from uh SAS and uh Tony Pichka which was Danielle's other band and then um Brie Meyer who's in uh Double Grave 
And um, it was the four of us. We wrote Stunner like right away and didn't tell anybody. We really started the band. Like it was a total secret for months. Um, a year. Yeah, a year yeah. pretty much. And in winter of 2018, like early winter, we uh, just kind of like busted out of the gates with like um, a music video, a full set, like ready to rock and just like jumped into it. So that was kind mm -hmm. of a fun way of introducing the band by not being like, oh, we're just going to play a couple of local shows here and there. Like we just like dove in with just like a huge like here we are, you know, <laughs> just like big music video, big set, like. And it was ever since then, you know, it's been really great. And we've put out an album called Stunner um, on Forged Artifacts. And we've gone on two like major tours and we're writing our new album now. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You said it all. I, <laughs> I mean, did. I really wrapped it up. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> that, was, package. that was perfect. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that seems like a very fun and different way to like start a band, like you said, of being like, okay, we've already recorded this whole album. Here's this music video. We have a show booked and then introduce yourself to the world. Was that something that you talked about early on when you formed the band? Yeah, we did. Like that was kind of what I wanted to do. Like when we were starting right away, I was like, I don't think we should do that thing where we just sort of like trickle into the scene and play like all these little shows and then have an album release and like kind of just do the normal cycle. And I was actually really influenced by Beyonce putting out Lemonade um, because Amen. it was like, it. <laughs> totally out of the blue, this incredible thing that came out of nowhere and by no means am I saying what we did was as like <laughs> vital as Lemonade was. But like, I guess the vibe of, of having this thing where you totally catch people off guard, you have this like, I mean, I think both, you know, everyone in the band had this kind of like reputation of being in these other bands in the scene that were pretty cool and like pretty well known. And to have something like this as like a super group come together and just kind of like, be this this complete picture of a thing was something that we wanted to do like right away so mm -hmm. I was pretty happy that we were able to pull it off like that mm -hmm. plus we didn't tell anyone like yeah. I think I only told like my family yeah and, like we barely, told our, we barely yeah. told our friends yeah it well, was yeah that so. seems like hard to keep up you know it's yeah. like oh what'd you do yesterday <laughs> it's like I didn't have rehearsal yeah. I didn't, you know <laughs> I'm just going to the park for yeah. two hours don't I worry about it four bands at the time too wow. like including yeah. scrunchies so it's just like okay time management yeah. like i gotta be the queen of that yeah but yeah just being like yeah i'm just you know band practice oh bruce violet yeah uh -huh. <laughs> yeah totally mm -hmm. yeah wow what was the energy like in those early band rehearsals because you were all people who have been in a lot of bands and have a lot of experience it sounds like it came together pretty quickly initially yeah um i had a couple of songs ready to go and writing the album was just like super fast like so it just I'm not the kind of person who sits and mulls over a song for you know a year and like picks it apart like I I have gotten to the point in my creative output where I just sort of trust that whatever I put out is going to be the thing that it is and if I sit and nitpick at it forever it's going to get worse and worse so for us writing it did feel a little like 
speedy, but it also felt like really energetic and really good. Um, we were practicing in like this really tiny overheated practice space. Um, we were all practically standing on each other, you know, and it was like in a community center where like someone left the door unlocked and like some guy just walked in. He was like, Hey, you girls sound pretty good in here. You write all your own songs and all that stuff. So it, it was it was fun. It was very loose, and everyone just felt like they were a hundred percent on board, like right away to just like say yes to the entire project and yes to all the songs. So yeah, it, the energy was fun. It was really good. Yeah, I think all the songs on Stunner were like written within the first month. I would say I feel like like at it least was a couple there. of months. Yeah, yeah, and because I remember just coming to the first practice, you're like, I have five songs, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was really ready. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was it was good. It was like nothing I've ever experienced before. Where like usually I feel like with um, being in bands, you're like, I'm writing songs to get to play a show. So come on, let's rush. Let's go. Like we just need to finish it so we can like play a show. And that was like never the intention. And we got to like really take our time on it. And like I got to experiment with what I was doing. And even like the stuff that I did on the album, I like don't even play a lot of the drum parts that I do. Like I change them so much. So it's kind of like a funny like time imprint, even with like having center. Cause I'm like, I feel like we were still even like figuring out the songs then. Yeah. And then we, Mm -hmm. and then we got to play them live and we're like, Oh, like this is what we do, which is like cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is definitely like a snapshot of where we were in that exact moment. And I think like, because I've been in so many bands and I've been doing this for so long, it felt interpersonally really easy to just show up and not have anyone. I don't know. It it never felt like everyone was butting heads. Like it never felt like we were on different pages about the kind of music we wanted to be writing. Like in early interviews, when we first put out Stunner and stuff, you know, we were talking about like, how you know how did you all get along as bandmates and stuff like not ever having been in bands with each other before and I was just immediately like right off the bat shocked how everyone brought in exactly what the album needed in this way that like felt so serendipitous and amazing to me like it's Danielle is like someone who fit every drum part that I've ever wanted and like the kind of bands that I'm in. And she just knows it instinctually. And she knows what the kind of music is that I like. And I was just like, I can't believe that I ended up with a drummer like this. And then Brie was just like up for anything and like willing to play like these really weird parts that I came up with. And she just like was chill as a cucumber about it and Stephanie just like came in and had these amazing leads and like this beautiful voice and all this stuff so it was just like energetically and like interpersonally like really easy when we first started out so it was funny because the only thing we disagreed over was the band name we didn't choose a band name for a really long time (laughs) yeah the band name was really really hard (laughs) which is funny because it's such a silly band name now and it's like a little cute and goofy or something yeah but like i just remember we couldn't agree at all and then you were just like fine what about scrunchies and, and we everyone's were like, like yeah we don't all hate that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that <laughs> but then we had the discussion of like okay let's get real like every band name is pretty silly and stupid yeah, and like exactly. nirvana is like a terrible band name you know mm-hmm. so scrunchies is cute and fine and memorable and you know 
you put it on a t-shirt whatever <laughs> and you can sell scrunchies at your shows exactly do you have scrunchies as merch yes, yes we do that's amazing we have this uh gal i know named sadie who makes them for us out of recycled material and it's really cute we like package them in a little gift bag with like a big button and stuff so just yeah, they saying. fly off the shelf like, oh they really do. Like, yeah people oh love God. them like yeah. especially on tour they were just those yeah. I think that's the biggest thing we sold. Yeah, big scrunchies. ticket item on those scrunchies. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I mean, mm. I feel like I've never seen scrunchies as merch before. You oh. know, you have hats, you have t-shirts, mm-hmm. which, you know, you I, I wear band t-shirts, but I feel like I don't reach for them as often as I reach for a scrunchie. Yeah. So. Well, the scrunchies as merch thing is really fun, too, because she makes them in such a wide variety of different fabrics that it's kind of fun for people to, like, dig through and find the cool one that, like, resonates with them. So, yeah, they get their their little leopard print and glitter scrunchies or whatever yeah i have a red satin one that i kept I was yeah like, yes yes <laughs> that's so fun it's yeah. so unique yeah very cute mm-hmm. <laughs> nice the other thing that i was gonna say about you know you had mentioned that people were asking you like how did you get along in a band like you'd never played before with all of these people i feel like that's the cool thing too about having a band with so many people who have played like in the same local scene is that even though you hadn't really played together before you probably knew each other you had heard you know these people's music before do you feel like that made it easier to to connect yeah definitely and i think it's really funny too because uh i actually had not really met brie before asking her to be in the band and i had to have danielle remind me what her name was um but i had seen her play in double grave at a show that kitten forever had played with them and i was like my god who is this amazing cool person playing bass like and just looking so nonchalant and like cool and good and like who are they you know so immediately i was like oh that that's my bass player i love that i love them i was obsessed with kitten forever for a long time Yeah. yeah i mean kitten forever kind of like I'm sure you would agree with this, Danielle, yeah. but like kind of like brought Danielle's band Bruce Violet into the scene as they were kind of coming like up and coming band. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we played like our first real show with Kitten Forever. And I actually like the story was we were playing a cover show and Laura was there and I went up to like my bandmates and I was like, oh, my God, like Laura from Kitten Forever is here. Like, oh, like I want to play a show with them so bad. So my bandmate Emily ran up to Laura and was like, hey, I'm Emily. Like, can we play a show with you? <laughs> and I was like, sure. And then I just asked him to play the show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you know, follow, yeah, follow very your thankful for the, everybody in Kitten Forever. So it's always I've always had a very deep respect for the three of you. So when you asked me, I was like, oh my god, yeah, is this real? <laughs> but yes, we. I mean, be, yeah, because of that, we have seen you know all of each other's bands, and like I was a big fan of Tony Peachka, and like a big fan of Brie, and a big fan of Bruce Violet, and all this stuff. So it. It felt like not only am I playing with, you know, my peers, but I'm playing with people who I really admire as musicians. And I can see that they show up with like this incredible like amount of talent and creativity that, uh, you know, isn't I, I think that like doesn't necessarily always fit in immediately if you think of like what kind of music scrunchies is, but like somehow ends up working in this really specific way so yeah it was great that's awesome yeah Yeah. I feel like you hear that like in scrunchy sound like it is I can hear elements of like oh that sounds like kind of a kitten forever part (laughs) or like that sounds like more of like a Tony Pichka fill or something and I feel like that adds to like your ability to have that intuition like Mm -hmm. just hearing these people's music and like being a fan of each other's bands like helps you be like oh I know 
what would go good with this part or like you can kind of anticipate what someone else is going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing about it too is that I was, I thought it was really important when I was looking for people who could potentially be in this band uh, to be women or at least, you know, femme identifying or, you know, I was, I was looking to play with people who were non like cis men playing in the scene. Um, I really wanted to have an all all women band. Um, and you know, I, I would have been fine if it ended up being an amazing band who did have a dude in it, but I'm, I'm very glad that for the first album we had all women, that was a really important thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Facts are facts. Always been in bands with women Mm -hmm. having a great time, (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because I feel like people are always like, Oh, like do you fight more? I feel like girl bands fight more. Like even when I talk about like Things that are like business wise with like my bandmates, they're like, "Oh, drama," and I'm like, "No, not at all. No, it's not drama. It's like business. Like (laughs) getting work done. It's yeah, and it's just so much easier. I, which is another thing that people like. It's just it has to be harder. I'm like, no, like communication's great. Mm -hmm. Like there's never really like nobody wants. Not that nobody wants to like not communicate, but like I feel like it's always like been that women are more in touch with their feelings and like in a good way in the way that they can express it and like communicate and like not start throwing hands at each other, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen with some dude bands. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like the narrative, I mean, it's so, it's so silly that the narrative is that women can't get along with each other creatively because there's too much jealousy and cattiness that get in the way of it. Um, I've never experienced that. And I think that, you know, if if you're in a band and you're running into problems with ego and animosity and anger, then you maybe need to reassess who you're playing music with. And it doesn't really matter like what gender they are. But I feel like if people are showing up, you know, in a band for the wrong reasons and then being mad about it, you know, if the, if if they're not showing up to collaborate with their friends and create something together collaboratively, you know, it's not it's not going to work and it's not fun and what's the point in doing this totally optional thing that we all get to do if you're not having a good time doing it and you feel like your ego is out of control. Mhm. Yeah. There's no point. For real. There's just no point. No, I feel like that really bugs me too. I feel like that narrative is so prevalent of like insinuating that like jealousy or like cattiness. And I feel like that stems often just from a place of like, oh, people like can't believe that there would be like three or four talented women that are like all in one band. Like that's just too much to fathom. I know. Oh, believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Or like calling all girl bands a gimmick. Mm -hmm. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. It's which like, I heard kidding? it recently. It's just so silly. It's yeah. like, it's like are all dude bands a gimmick? That is just playing music a gimmick then? Friends? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> right? No, that bugs me. Yeah, for real. Get it together, world. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you too, Laura, about writing songs for scrunchies specifically because I know you said that this was kind of the first band in a little bit that you had been a guitar player in. Um, so how do you feel like playing guitar changes the way that you write a song? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like guitar allows you to be a little more um, flexible with your songwriting than bass does. And I don't necessarily always mean that in a good way. Um, I think that 
guitar allows the space to open up and and something I find myself doing when I play guitar is dropping the chords completely a whole lot which I do not do you know you hold down the bass when you play bass pretty much um but I kind of like end up being a little looser about about how I approach my like stubbornness going into songwriting, which I think is really interesting because when I first started playing bass in Kitten Forever, I actually play bass more like a guitar because um, that guitar was my first stringed instrument like that. And when I started playing bass, my the style of it was completely in the style of, of playing guitar. And so um, I have found that playing bass feels a lot meatier to me, if that makes sense. Like it feels almost more like primitive, primitive or primal, um, in this way that guitar feels a little more like, I don't know, it has that like, oh, like, look at me go, you know, kind of factor to it, which I, I, it's not my natural state. And I felt like when I started playing bass, I was like, is this actually the instrument for me? Like, it feels like I can feel it in my body in this way that I can't really feel guitar in my body. But I also just, I don't know, I just love shredding on a guitar. So it's kind of fun to just like do that and ham it up a little bit in a way that you can't really do on bass just because of like the nature of the instrument, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you get some of that versatility too with guitar, where if you want to, you can just like strip it back mm-hmm. and like play like bass notes or power chords yes. and really like go back to those kind of more bassy basics. Mm-hmm. Or you can get a little bit flashier. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like with this band, something I'd never done playing guitar in any of my other bands was using multiple pedals and like playing around with different effects and stuff like that. Um, the thing that I really love about playing bass is that in Kitten Forever, we just switch from clean to distorted, you know, and that's it. And that kind of like aligns with how I like visually create art with how I write music where it is just like, here, here are the bare bones of like what we're working with. And I'm going to make them as good as I can. But I also am enjoying the weird creativity that sort of opens up when you do let yourself explore different options through guitar and stuff and like having fun kind of playing with different sounds and exploring like beyond just this prototype punk stuff that I've been writing for basically my entire musical career. So it's kind of it's been fun, like almost learning a different style of songwriting and just being a little more open to trying things that maybe like, you know. 10 years ago, I was like, that's not punk, you know? So now I'm like, I'll take my, what is, what is that called? What are those stupid pedals called? Like a reverb pedal. I'll take my, (laughs) I'll take my reverb pedal and, you know, get not punk with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just like expand. I don't know how you think of punk. Be like, punk can have reverb in it too. Oh yeah, for sure. And it does. In scrunchies. Ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Danielle, you play drums in scrunchies, but you've played bass in a number of bands before, including Tony Pichka. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that experience playing both bass and drums changes how you approach either instrument? Um, yes and no. I feel like I'm just like a very rhythm oriented person. I was a dancer for eight years. Um, and like, especially like a tap dancer, like that was one, the thing I was best at. So like, I'm very used to like polyrhythms and just like the way that things should sound or the way that things should feel and sort of like the way that like the rhythm should fill the space. And like, I kind of, I used to also teach drums and like my big philosophy actually came from Sheila E. And it's just like, what matters more, and I'm paraphrasing this, is like how you don't fill the space instead of like how much you fill the space. So like 
I don't know, just like you don't have to show off. Like I know in Tony, I was a huge show off just because I was like, I play bass now, like, like I'm gonna go crazy. But like even just locking in like a rhythm and just like trying to find like when I play bass, I more think of like the melody because I also like do vocals with um, my bands and like try to create a harmony with my parts or like try to like create a like cool like contrasting part with the guitars and like I kind of do that with the drums too where like I'll match up some hits with like um the way that the chords go like I think of like specifically in like double vision where it's like that sort of bridgey part where it's like like I made sure to really accent those like chord hits because I think that like was really important for the shift of the song and like oh I could just go on forever and ever (laughs) and just be a super rhythm nerd but like I take a lot of inspiration from like Janet Weiss from Sleater Kenny and I think like the best thing that a drummer or like a person who does anything rhythmic can do is just like listen to your bandmates and like see how you can like sort of fill the gap between and see like especially with like Sleater Kenny like they're playing two completely different parts like and even with, like, some of our things, it's, like, the guitar solos are just, like, who knows what's doing what. And it's just, like, okay, I need to, like, lay this down and, like, make sure that um, I'm being a helpful bandmate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I feel like that really comes across in Scrunchy's music because I feel like there are so many moving parts. Like you said, like, the vocal melodies, which is something that I feel like you also hear in, like, Bruce Violet, definitely. So there's, like, all of these, like, harmonies going on in the vocals, and then there's, like, two or three different guitar parts going on, and then, like, the drums and the bass are doing different things. So I feel like that's really cool, and, like, that's able to happen and sound, like, cohesive and functional is because you all, like, have such a, like, diverse musical background and are able to, like, hear those things that the other instruments are doing and are like, okay, I know what to do next. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so you are working on a new album for yes. Scrunchies now? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's maybe like, you know, halfway done or something. Um, we've got some new songs that we had written kind of a while ago when Stephanie was even still in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that uh, Bree has stepped away and we have Matt uh, sitting in on bass with us right now, we're we're sort of working on, okay, what is like, you know, the next set of six songs or whatever going to look like, because we have these five right now and, you know, what comes next and sort of thinking about like, you know, do, how do we want conceptually this album to be? Because it is going to be, you know, our sophomore album, it is going to be a little bit of a bigger deal. And I think we're pushing the songs that we have so far into this new territory that is still, you know, it, it for sure is still a scrunchy song, but the difference is going to be that we are one guitar player down so it's kind of just back to the you know power trio dynamic um and now that Matt's in the band he has kind of a different musical background than Bree did where he's coming from a place of being in he was in uh this really um kind of legendary Minneapolis punk band called Condominium um and he records bands at his studio uh Harder Commune in St. Paul and so he's been really connected into like the punk scene in Minneapolis for you know as long as I have probably and just sort of seeing like what he's bringing into it um given his background is going to be a really exciting step for us because I think that his he he almost goes a little heavier and so I'm I'm really interested in really pulling the dynamics of these new songs apart and getting really 
you know, really heavy, but then also like just almost like barely there, you know, like I really want to work within that range this time. And I think that um, between Matt and Danielle being like this really solid rhythm section, I feel like that's going to be the kind of the star of the new album. Mm hmm. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Much longer songs, too. Oh, yeah. The songs are yeah. longer than We're now band. a rock band. We've got five <laughs> minutes long. It's like we wow. get a little, like, Smashing Pumpkins at nice. certain points. Which so. is funny because, like, that specific song, like, I've heard people be like, Fugazi. That sounds like Fugazi, oh. not Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. So it's like, who knows? Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah. Whatever, man. Deal with no, that. we're scrunchies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah. What else about that album? I'm just... I don't know. I mean, like... It is really interesting, yeah, especially since we are, we looked for a guitar player for a while, and I think we just, like, kind of agreed that we were totally fine with being a trio, because um, it also, like, just, I don't know, I'm a big fan of trios, always have been. It works really well, it sounds really good, like, it's super strong, um, and just, like, figuring that out, and also now I sing, whereas on Stunner, I did not, um, so trying to adjust to writing drum parts that I'm, like, really proud of slash able to sing on is um hard for me and like there are some songs where I don't sing and I'm like still going crazy but yeah it's just like I mean who knows drumming and singing is just like its own beast um but I also love like writing like vocal parts and like writing vocal harmonies and like making things sound really good and pretty and then also like having like really hard parts and like yelly parts and Everything and in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're heading in a good direction. And even like, I'm writing more solid parts that like, as I said, when I listen to Stunner, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm playing. Like, I mean, I know what I'm playing, but I don't like it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where I feel like now I'm like, we've been playing these for long enough that I feel more confident in what I've written. And like, I still do change things every once in a while. But most of all, I know like the core of what I'm doing and like what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the advantage of of working through these songs for such a long period of time. There are a couple that we have had for quite a while that even recently have still gotten some tweaks made to them. And so that is sort of a a perk that we did not have when we were working on Stunner. So, um, yeah, we're we're just going to keep rolling in that direction and see see where it takes us mm-hmm. yeah. nice yeah that's cool to kind of have both approaches so you're performing some of these songs live or you have been mm-hmm. yeah yep nice yeah which is also kind of cool because then we can get feedback from them you know which is like i don't know it's like kind of cool to just hear what people think about stuff before you end up putting it out and so far it's been good so mm-hmm. that's good mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like you said, it's cool to like have that timestamp of the first album and be like, this is like untouched. No one had heard this before. Mm-hmm. And then now to kind of like get that other approach and, and kind of get that more, more like performance under your belt and be like, okay, this is exactly like how I want this part to sound. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Nice. And you have a couple shows coming up. One of them later this month is with Screaming Females. Yes. So excited. Yeah, we're really ah! excited about that. Kitten Forever toured with Screaming Females um, exactly a year ago now. And it was just, it was such an incredible experience because they are truly like a DIY band, like till death, you know, like they pretty much book their own shows completely like around the country and on tour. Um, They drive their own car, they sell their own merch, they're still crashing on floors every single night. And 
they have a great attitude about it. Like they show up and they're still talking about how grateful they are that they're able to do what they're doing. I feel like it's really easy to get super cynical being in a band because you it, it's a grind. It's like really thankless work. Um, it's it doesn't pay, you know, like you, you're lucky if you get a comp dinner out of town, you know, which like never happens. Um it's like you get a hummus tray at best. So and it's it's a grind, you know, it's really exhausting to tour. And I've been on enough to know that it's not glamorous and it's it's as many highs as there are lows to it. And I think touring with a band like Screaming Females who does tour like at least half of the year, you know, if not three fourths of the year, every single year for 13 years, and they're still showing up and being like we love this. I'm so glad I get to do this was like, okay, that's great. I feel great about doing this. Like, I don't feel like I have to just keep feeling like my soul is getting sucked out of my body or something. Like you can go in with a good attitude and just be grateful for it because it is what it is. And still critique the fact that like artists aren't getting the compensation that they deserve to create, you know, it's, it's, it's not good that it's a grind. It doesn't build character or anything. It sucks. But if there's anything you can control about it, you can control your attitude about it. And I think that's cool that they show up with a good attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, they're a fantastic rock and roll band. Yeah. Plus, they're just cool. <laughs> and we really like them as a band and as people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So excited. Yeah, I think that'll be a really fun show. Um, I saw Constant Insult the other night, who is also playing, and they were really good. Um, and I don't know anything about the band Dusk. I think I possibly played with Dusk oh. on tour with Tony. Okay. Maybe. Well, <laughs> you we'll know, tour sometimes just becomes find a blur. Out if, find <laughs> out if Danielle has toured with Dusk or played with Dusk before <laughs> at the Screaming Female show on yeah. October 25th at the Fine Line. Uh, yeah, I mean, my brain is just, it, I knew it's probably at the end of the tour because my brain was just mush. And mm-hmm. all I could think was like, I just got a new bed. And I was just like, I want to go back to my bed. I want mm. my bed. Like, that's the only thing I ever think on tour. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that bed post tour is like, oh. Nothing quite like it. I mean, <laughs> you don't know how much you love it till you don't have it. And it's funny because your friends want to see you and it's just like, no. No, I want to <laughs> see my bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be like the hardest part if I ever went on tour was not being able to sleep in my own bed. Like, I'm just such a homebody that like not having that like consistent, like this is my room, this is where I go home every night. I'm also like that where I'm like very like... I'm like a burrowing animal or something where I'm just like, I just want all my little trinkets around me and I want to make sure I'm safe and like tucked in and all that stuff. And so I feel like what I've kind of mastered is the like, uh, just create your home space with whatever you have. And like when you go to bed in like your sleeping bag on a mat on a floor in a stranger's house at night, just be like, I'm, this is my little nook you know (laughs) like I feel good in this little nook and I'm glad I get to go to sleep now and like yeah I just Mm -hmm. like trying to find that kind of like at least I have my clothes that I love and like da 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 you know you and Brie were the champion sleepers though I was the one who was like awake like we sleep like a rock on tour we um stayed at this place in Chicago which is like a DIY house and they were all like partying afterwards and were super loud and they were knocked out and it took me like two hours to go to bed and I was just like I'm so jealous like but yeah tour is funny I mean sleeping 
it's good but i am definitely the type of person where it's like i'll wake up like three hours in and be like oh my god but mm-hmm. yeah which is good because if something happens at least one of us is waking up yeah that's true because it's not gonna be me <laughs> <laughs> that's true you get the best of both worlds i mean mm-hmm. maybe not for danielle if you can't sleep then you just have to carry I get the, the best brand, of danielle's but... world <laughs> yeah i know for real and sometimes we have to share a bed too and Laura's oh. just like always knocked out and I'm yeah like, i'm so jealous yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but at least i don't take up a lot of space yeah no you're tiny it's I, good i tuck myself on the I'm side the giant. Great. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. If Scrunchies could tour with any band, do you have like someone who would who would be your like bucket list tour band? Slater Kenny. Yeah, I was gonna say Slater (laughs) Kenny too. (laughs) That's like honestly the one because I mean I feel like very lucky that I've gotten to play some shows and tour with some bands that I really idolize. Like I went on tour with Babes in Toyland a couple years ago. Danielle's played with them. Like Um, and they were like a huge band for me growing up and like touring with Screaming Females, who's one of my favorite touring bands right now. But I feel like I've always had the thing. And so is Danielle where it's like Sleater Kinney is the band we want to tour with. Like once we do that, it'll be like, yes, like <laughs> this is like that would be exciting. Which like, is funny because they're coming here tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Are you just going to go? Yeah. <laughs> and even like the time before, like even before, like. I even really knew you, but I went to their show on Valentine's Day years ago, and I remember emailing the person from first half being like, hi, my band's called Bruce Violet. We have nothing out. Can we open for Sleater Kitty? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, no joke. I did that with Scrunchies this year. So yeah. it's just whatever. The goal <laughs> yeah. is known. Yeah. Yeah. The world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, if anyone from Sleater Kitty is listening to this or anyone who has any contact with Sleater Kitty, hit up Scrunchies. A- cool feminist punk band from minneapolis we are very cool and fun and we're chill and your fans will love us and my mom used to listen to you when she was pregnant with me oh so you've been with me my entire life oh my god that's amazing you're kind of like a a product of sleater kinney oh absolutely (laughs) i'm so sure that i am i used to actually like not like them when i was younger because my mom used to play them so much and i'd be like "Uh but now i'm like no they're actually a sick band god that's so cool like you have a cool family (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow you know it but yeah sleater kinney Sleater Kenny fan since birth, baby. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. It would just be Sleater Kenny. Sleater Kenny and Bikini Kill would do another show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I like how you're nonchalant about that. I, yeah, I just feel like Sleater Kenny's like top tier. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I feel like I just want to like at least shake Kathleen Hanna's hand and be like, thank you. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. all I got to say. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you you saw Bikini Kill for their reunion yeah. tour, right? We yeah, both we did. Both, we both oh, went wow. out to New York for it. Yeah, we were yeah. like, hey, you, let's hang out yeah. <laughs> in New York. What yeah. are we going to do? Who knows? Yeah. But Oh, yeah, we hung out all day in New York. That was fun. Yeah, but it was a fun show. I mean, it was fun. I went to both of them, both of the New York shows. Um, and yeah, it was it was cool. I feel like I could go all over the place with like some critique about it and stuff like that but I was really grateful to be able to see a band that meant a whole lot to me when I was first starting to play music yeah I feel like it's also like insane because my top three favorites bands were like Babes in Toyland, Sleater Kinney and uh Bikini Kill and I'm like I'm never gonna see any of those bands live and now within like the past five years they all reunited and I got to see them and as I was seeing Bikini Kill I was like 
now what? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself I know, we have to now. find some current bands that we like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I think that's what's amazing, too, is that, like, I mean, you listed those three bands, and it's like, those were my three bands also, and I never knew. I mean, with the exception of, like, my bandmates in Kitten Forever and, like, a couple of close friends, like, when I was younger, like, those were the bands that I loved, and I didn't know anyone else who cared about them in the least, which I feel like is why it's so amazing that Danielle and I ended up in a band together, because, like, nobody knew Bikini Kill, nobody cared about Babes in Toyland, nobody knew Sleater Kenny, like, and yet here she is. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Wow. <laughs> it's like ma- meant to be. I know. For real. Wow. I'm smiling at her. I know. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you both so much again for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. To close out my podcast, I like to ask all of my guests to give a shout out to someone. It could be someone in their lives who you know personally. It could be someone you look up to. Just someone who makes your life a little bit better. Ooh. Can I give my shout out yeah, to Danielle? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give a shout out to my partner, John, and my cat, Sissy. Yeah, shout out to Sissy. Yeah, I'm also seriously. gonna shout out yet again, Corinne Tucker and Carrie Brownstein. Have us open for your band. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I love yeah. you. Yeah. Also, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, Ian. You're probably not listening, but hi. <laughs> <laughs> I also say hi to Daniel's parents. They're cute. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us.
You can listen to Scrunchies' album Stunner at scrunchies.bandcamp.com and keep up with the band on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The Pass the Mic podcast is produced by Ali Pashuk and Colleen Cowie and is presented by Renaissance People's Media. You can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and while you're there, give us a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. You can also find new episodes and more information at pass-the-mic.com. If you want to support the people who make this podcast and Pass the Mic possible, you can head to our Patreon to find perks like access to our new music podcast at patreon.com slash passthemicmag. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.